Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got this week's tech news, including Instagram adding the ability to buy right from your photo. Also, Microsoft unveils their Slack competitor. It's an awful lot like Slack. We also talk about YouTube seeing red vines for sale and how it pays to be prime. All that and more on this episode of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 148, recorded November 7th, 2016 on tap to buy, seeing red, and prime discounts. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that cannot wait for this thing to be over. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who just can't take anymore. It is Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Thanks, Sean. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. So, before we started, we were talking about this thing that's happening tomorrow. And I am making the decision. You mean the end of the world? Yeah. Well, possibly, right? (laughs) So I'm making this decision to cast my vote. Well, even before I cast my vote. I am, after this, I am going on a social media lockdown. Hmm. I'm not reading New York Times. I'm not reading Hacker News. I'm not reading Reddit. I'm not going on Twitter. I'm not going on Facebook. I am going to just... Pretend I'm just I just all I want I want to go to sleep tonight and wake up on Wednesday. That's what I really want. But I can't do that. I've got stuff to do tomorrow. I have to vote. I've got to work. So I can't do that. So the next best thing is to do this. Now Sean, you had a different take on this. You wanted to see what was going to happen. What is happening? Hang on. I gotta hear myself? Yeah, that was that was you. To my apology. Oh, and I just put a sad face. Uh, how do I unsad face? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this is why I shouldn't multitask. Well, I, I was just getting our stream up because we're live right now on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/don'tpanicshow, where you can comment and we'll see it for the show. That's why I was well, getting I'll, that already. I'll see to go. it tomorrow or Wednesday. You'll you'll see me acting like a fool. Um, <laughs> yes, Dan, you were going on social media blackout. You were an insane man. I in a regular day. Cannot, so put it this way, tomorrow, starting tomorrow for three days, I'm in uh, a tr- uh, leadership training thing at work for three days, and it's it's 8.30 to 5, um, and I'm locked in a room with a bunch of other people, and it's a training. I am, like, sweating at the thought of not having access to, like, constantly be obsessed with this all. If I could have taken the day off just to sit home, <laughs> and mon- I'm not even kidding you, because election day combines all of my favorite things. One, live TV, which I find fascinating. (laughs) Two, breaking news events, which I find fascinating. Three, just vast amounts of data. It's interesting. Four, just drama in general. It's it's like the ultimate thing. And as I was saying before we went in the air, it's been 595 days this election has been going on. And this is the last time we have to deal with it, hopefully. Um... So, you know what, Dan, I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to take in every single bit. But you know what, Dan, I do applaud you for, for standing up for, for, you know, it's like we have two different candidates here. Uh, I'm, I'm supporting team all data. You're supporting team radio <laughs> silence. And, and, I, right. I, and I, I support your right <laughs> to support that candidate. Here's my question for you, though, Sean. If, if Trump wins, you wake up, you, you know, like, yeah. Then, then what a painful day that will have been. What? Oh, sure. It's going to be a horror. I can't get through a day of football horror, with my fantasy like, football team. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like you, you you get out of you know watching Game of Thrones like wow that sucked, and then you like go on living your life like that's the next four years of your life. I know. <laughs> and knowing every inch, every day 
hearing all these news stories come in. Because here's the other thing that pisses me off about especially TV media is that they want you to think that it's close, even if it's not. They will try to convince you it's close because you sure. have to watch. Sure. So mm-hmm. in my mind all day long, if I was watching any part of this, I would be. that's all that would be going through my mind. It would be paralyzing. Well, but you know, if... And I'm not saying you're uninformed by any stretch, but if you're an uninformed voter, at least a voter who hasn't been paying attention, I agree with it's you. It's too late if you're an uninformed no, but, voter. No, but that's what I'm saying. If you if you haven't been paying attention, you're right, Dan. Too much data is going to kill you because you're not going to know how to interpret it. I, on the other hand, as somebody who has been obsessed <laughs> about this and has been watching CNN like 24-7 at least for the last week and going way back, I can tell you about what Latinos in Miami-Dade County means for Democrats and Republicans in the early vote, okay? I've been pay- So when the data comes in, I at least have a bit of context around what it might mean for each candidate. But I agree with you. It can be extremely stressful as it happens, but for me... It is way more stressful not knowing. So I, it's going to be stressful either way. <laughs> I, it's, 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 I, I get a headache just thinking about it. But you know what? I'm going to do my best. To, I'm going to have my glass of wine. I'm going to have my iPad and all the TV channels going. I'm just going to have fun with it. And then just either be really thrilled or really pissed off come, come Wednesday. I may not sleep tomorrow night, but we'll see. <laughs> it's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. I... I wish I could go to your party, Dan. <laughs> You're welcome it, to. Uh, alas, it's too far. I, I'd, I'd say, Colby, you <laughs> should go virtually, but I don't think that's allowed. No, <laughs> I think that that breaks all the rules. Um, no, if if it were not, if I didn't have other obligations, I would seriously consider getting on a train. Just go. <laughs> well, be there tomorrow. You'd have to make a cocktail of gin, just if, if that. Oh, I could do that. If I'd known there were going to be fancy cocktails, I might have gone to that party. (laughs) I might be willing to put down the election coverage for free fancy cocktails. It does sound tasty. Um, You know, there is an interesting technology angle if we want to talk about the election, because um, the way Election Day normally works, right, is that the way the states, uh, the way the networks make their projection of who's going to win is based on two key things, right? Exit polls which all the major stations pay one company. I think it's, is it, I forget, is it, I forget which company does it, but they all pay one company to fan out across the country and have people standing outside of polls and saying, hey, who are you? Who did you vote for? What's your party? All that kind of stuff. They combine that with the votes that actually come in, right? The problem Mm -hmm. is they can't start counting those votes until the polls close at night. So they don't have a lot of lead time. So this year there, I know of at least two major nationwide initiatives going on to digitally try to a combination of exit polls and modeling in real time to tell you at 8 a.m. what the vote is in Pennsylvania and at 9 a.m. and at 10 a.m., whereas traditionally you used to have to wait until the polls closed. Yeah. Now, the problem is this has never been done before, and nobody has any idea if they'll even be remotely... Exit polling (laughs) has been done for like a century. They've been doing exit polling. They're very good at it. And it's the same company that does it every year. They're real experts. No one knows how this is going to work. It's called, it's a vote caster is the name of the service. It's cast, C-A-S-T-R. Got to drop that vowel. Um, <laughs> and and they're, they're trying it out in, in conjunction with a major publication whose name I can't think of. Um, if you're curious to try it out. Might just stretch out more. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is one bug to end up with the Dewey Beach Truman headline at 
8 p.m. <laughs> Very true. That's part of the reason why they thought that was the case because of polls. Not exit polls necessarily, but polls in general, absolutely. Right, but even if all the data is correct, this thing could still be wrong. Absolutely. I'm sure it's a very complicated model um, that they're using to to project this. I'm... You know, three or four elections from now, I bet it's quite accurate. You let me know how it goes. (laughs) No, well, it'll be interesting to see if any sort of official organizations use that as a point of reference um, within the larger context. In the same way we have... CNN and the New York Times. Oh, excellent. All right. So, you know, we'll we'll see if they... um, if they include that, the other big thing too this year has been the prediction models, right? There's been at least six or seven major, 538 is probably one of the most popular. Um, New York Times has their model as well. So we'll see how accurate those end up being. Mm-hmm. But the dating angle is very interesting. And, and stick around, by the way, for my pick at the end of the show, because I tell you a part of tomorrow that you're not thinking about that to me is actually the most interesting part, but I'll only tease it here. You'll have to stick around for our picks. Okay. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Wow. Things are happening. Thing, you know what? I, I was on the phone this morning with my team in Europe. I was the one U.S. guy on the call, and they were razzing me all about the election. And they <laughs> said, oh, Sean, this may be the last time we talk to you. Uh, the U.S. is going to end. Uh, ha ha, guys. Yeah, depending on what we say tonight, we might not ever have a podcast again. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> your, your last. Well, someone online compared it right. to... Uh, I think to, we already blew it, really. <laughs> this is our final words. It's not It's not worth saying. Um Someone online compared it to Y2K, uh, where it's like, nah, there's no way this thing is going to really happen, but what if it does? You know? Well, Prepare guys, for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, so two of my European friends also texted me today. It was not razzing so much as, uh, like, like when someone knows you're about to go in for a really bad surgery... Or if someone knows that, like, someone close to you just died. Like, the messages resemble that. Uh, like, we're here for you. All, like, it was terrifying waking up to those messages. You're like, who died? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, well, they said it couldn't happen in the UK. They said all the things we're saying now. Well, They said the Cubs would never win the World Series. Well, okay, hang on. Can, can, I, can I give a timeout to both of those examples? Because timeout, 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 timeout. First of all, it's statistically, the Cubs eventually, you know, sports are a little different. And two, Brexit, by the way, most people forget in the, like, few days right before, leave actually did lead in the polls for a very short period of time right before. Now, it was, it was behind way, you know, if, if the last two days we saw a big Trump lead or something, then, I, you know, suddenly spike, I would say, okay, um... It's not quite as bad as that, but you never, hey, you know, you, know, you never know. I, feel, I, I agree. Like, I'm not as negative as I sound. I, was gonna, I feel like uh, I heard this on some podcast somewhere, but they were talking about polls and Brexit, and they were saying something about how the way they do polling in Britain is, is drastically different from the way, like, uh, the like prediction models like 538 and and the others are done here and the- theoretically ours are better but i i, I shouldn't even have mentioned it because i don't yeah. remember no no no, no. you're no 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 you're you're pretty much in line the, the interesting thing about the no, we're gonna get into the we way i was do a political show here but um I, <laughs> I, I will just briefly say you know you have to remember polls aren't 
exact, right? And they've gotten better over time and they're more accurate than they used to be. But one interesting thing about the polls this year you're going to want to look for if you're if you're watching coverage tomorrow night um, is that polls have theoretical samples, right? So when they go out and reach people, they want to have a sample that models the U.S. electorate. So uh, using race as an example, they look for one that might match and they just make up these numbers, right? And they use historical precedent and what they think the vote's going to be this year, whether it's 65% white, 25% African-American, 14% Hispanic, right? And that's how they model the polls. The problem is if in the real world, when people actually vote, if there's a large increase in Hispanics, like we're seeing in some swing states, um, or if there's a decrease in African-American vote or a spike in white vote, like Donald Trump supporters might bring to the table, those polls become less accurate. That's going to be one of the interesting things about selection is how um, around gender lines, race lines, and economic lines, if the polls were accurate enough, because I think, and the, the sort of models say this as well, there's just as good of a chance of Trump winning as there is of a Clinton blowout. Mm-hmm. And that is because we just don't know if that Latino turnout spikes. We, we, we aren't ready for that. None of, the, none of the polls have that included. Same with a spike in, in white turnout or, or a non-college educated turnout, which, which would benefit Trump. So um, that is turnout's going to be a giant question mark that we don't know. So that's what you're going to want to look for. And that's how I think they're going to be able to call some of these states early. If the exit polls are showing um, heavy, that's why some of the early vote heavy Latino in, in Florida and in Nevada, um, they think Clinton already has enough votes in Nevada, specifically from Latinos, that she's pretty much won the state. Um, they think that the lead is too huge to overcome. So we'll see if that makes an impact in Florida and, and North Carolina, some of these other states. Hmm. Thank you for tuning into this technology podcast. <laughs> I'm Sean Jennings. No, um... I, look, it's an interesting discussion, and we'll who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about it next week, and, and some technology angle we weren't expecting um, playing into this race. Mm-hmm. So, who's voting for Evan McMullen? McMuffin? Yeah, McMuffin, yes. my man, McMuffin. He's going to Utah. No, probably not. Um, I'd vote. I, listen, I'd vote for him before I'd vote for Jill Stein. Probably even before Gary Johnson. But <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. that's me. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, I feel like he knows things about stuff, and I feel like that kind of puts him ahead of some of these other third-party candidates. <laughs> you know? No, look, and hey, look, people want to support Jill Stein, Jerry, Jerry Johnson. You vote your heart's content. I just want candidates that don't just expect to wave magic wands and just make, you know, oh, we'll just make college debt disappear by just saying it's gone and be like, no, Jill Stein, it doesn't, you can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> I feel so, like Jill, okay. Jill Stein and Gary Johnson are doing the same magic trick, just on different things. Like Basically. Jill Stein is college. So funny story, Gary. Sean. Uh, did I recommend in this podcast debt the book? Yes, uh, I started that. I, I I bought the book. And did you get to the part where they talk about how in ancient Sumeria they had like International Debt Forgiveness Day, where all debts in the entire country are just forgiven? Because the theory was it was unhealthy for the economy to have people be in debt for too long and that people would be in debt forever. And that worked out just fine. Uh, so, I mean, no, you can't practically wave a wand and get rid of college debt. But it, if, you, if you did, if like Trump becomes dictator of the world and does that, the world does not fall oh, apart. I- and Dan, I don't disagree with you. And the re- if we actually got into the specifics, her the specifics of her policy is: what if we just had the Federal Reserve print enough money oh, to pay off the debt? Oh, that's a dumb idea. It's a ter- That's why I didn't get into details. But that is essentially <laughs> the nitty. It has a very technical economic term I can't think of. But that's quantitative easing. Yes. <laughs> Look, we got a Steiner right here. Big Jill Stein fan on the show. Look at this. Uh, Jill, Jill twenty uh, sixteen. Yeah. 
the that podcast the gist i like did a bunch of segments on jill stein and actually i think jill stein was on the podcast so that's why quant- quantitative easing has been drilled into my head. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't, reality doesn't really work that way. But hey, you know, props for trying. She's going to get 1% of the vote nationwide, which is more than we got. So, you know, I can't, got to <laughs> give her true. credit for that. Right in, don't panic. Right. You, I don't know, I don't know what would happen if you, uh, if you did that, but you're, you can try. You, I love in Nevada, I love one of the options is none of the above. Hmm. You can actually vote for none of the above. And if you do vote for none of the above, as far as I understand it, and I don't know how true this is, but from the way I understand it, if none of the above were to win, nobody knows what would happen. <laughs> There's no law in place. You know, is there a revote? Is there... Uh, um, n- nobody <laughs> knows. It's just been put on the ballots with no backup plan. So That's amazing. I, I always thought that was quite, uh, quite amusing. Uh, I know in a lot of countries, maybe you all know this, but they... They have you stack rank your picks. So, like, your first vote, you're like, all right, my first vote, if, like, anyone could be president, I would pick Jill Stein. I'm not saying that for myself, but say you said that. But then you're like, okay, if Jill Stein, after, like, and I don't know how this works, after the first round gets eliminated, then I want my vote to go to someone else. Mm-hmm. And then if that, that person makes gets eliminated, sense. then you can go to the, yeah. A lot right. of primaries are like that. Yeah. Right, it, it eliminates the, like, it allows you to not feel like you're throwing away your vote by voting for someone who you don't think will win. Right. Or you don't think will have a chance to win, mm-hmm. which is how you get a chance to win. So. <laughs> hmm. That's learn, cool. Learn something new every day. That's a cool idea. I mean, it turns out we've been doing this all of our college careers, at least. Right? Didn't we have to do, like, priority, like, okay... I want to sign up for this class, but if I can't get into this class, my second choice is, or this Absolutely. section, but if I can't get into this, or something, I seem to remember something like that. Yep. It's not a new idea. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I look, I think if anyone there can... There are very few new ideas. Look, Dan, if anyone can completely revolutionize the entire U.S. election system, I think it would be you and us, frankly. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to turn this ship around. I have around. difficult enough time revolutionizing the smallest things uh <laughs> never mind the election system gotta start somewhere um all right well i'm gonna put a a pin in the election discussion we'll after two next week to see how this story concludes but for now um <laughs> i want to just mention two very quick things one is that of course we are live right now on facebook.com slash don't panic show as we are uh, almost every monday night at 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central um, and if you comment there, I'm keep, that's I'm keeping my eye on it. I got my other screen right here, which you can't see, but I can. And then if you comment, um, we might talk about it on the show. We love your participation when you do it. If you say a funny joke, hey, we might laugh. Speaking of which, uh, Don't Panic number one fan Michael Kurtz t- told me to tell you all that he regrets he cannot watch tonight because he has to get up early tomorrow to vote. But he was wondering if he could still be our number one that, fan. Honestly, he just became our number zero fan like um, there's nothing <laughs> better than number one but he just became our number one because if you're gonna miss the show for any reason voting is probably the best one so i cannot cannot fault him for that can accept that but he better be here next time <laughs> um your, your mom is right on his trail um so uh the other thing i want to quickly mention by the way is that we just had our very first update in the up for debate winter movie league that's right if you haven't been paying attention um, Colby, Dan, Mike, Matt, 
Phil and Sarah are all participating in this year's Winter Movie League at upfordebate.tv slash movies. And we just had our first update from the first weekend. Um, and we have two movies currently on the board um, very quickly in first place. Oh, I didn't update the rankings. Okay, ignore that it says everyone's in first place in the spreadsheet. That's wrong. <laughs> on Twitter, it's right. Uh, Matt is in first place right now, $85 million from Doctor Strange. Mike in second place with $46.5 million from Trolls. And everyone else is in third place with $0. Um, opening this coming weekend, we have Arrival. So look forward to that. That is owned by Phil. And you can follow along again all winter long, upfordebate.tv slash movies, or you can follow at upfordebate.tv on Twitter, um, where every week we'll tweet out the latest scores. By the way, one quick note. Uh, Dan had a movie taken away from him. He lo- you lost the Dark Tower, Dan. I know. I'm already <laughs> losing this game. You're, you're already again. falling behind. But that was, hey, I think that movie was going to be a bit of a toss-up regardless. Oh, but it, it's a good kind of toss-up. Oh, you were like, willing to roll the dice yeah, on that? Yeah, worst case scenario, it's already better than a bad Santa 3 or 2. Agreed? Probably. Probably. Although, Best although, case although, scenario, it's like, it turns out to be a hit action movie, you know, which the, is like the hittest movies that there are. Dan, the good news <laughs> is you can buy it again in the Summer Movie League, so... You I, know. I feel like I should get an, I should get a buy on that you one. You should get like a dis- like handicap, a discount on that? Well, Dan, yeah. do you want to tell the folks at home what movie you got in its place? I don't even remember. It's that good. No, it is the <laughs> Mark Wahlberg Boston Marathon bombing film Patriot's Day. Which is shockingly soon... Why but make, yeah, <laughs> better than every other option I had. So, well, well, it's Marky Mark's trend of starring in recent disaster films because he was in Deepwater Horizon, right? Playing oh, yeah. the uh, the the or the oil uh, rig. It, what's the deal with all those recent disaster films? Like Sully? the Sully, the yeah. Sully movie. I don't yeah. care. For a while, they were making two movies about the Boston Marathon bombing, and I think the other one they stopped making it. But uh, wow, that's yeah, a, it's, that's it's that's the thing a, to do. A weird angle. I don't know. People like their Mark Wahlberg. What are you going to do? Shrug. Um, All right. Now that we've gotten all those shenanigans out of the way, I guess we should get to the real reason why we showed up here tonight, and that's to talk about the tech news. It's We're a little light this week, but I still think we got some stuff we're talking about. There are a few stories here, or if you've got any ones that aren't here you want to talk about, that's fine, too. Gentlemen, is there any particular place you would like to begin on the spreadsheet? The spreadsheet? Well, or wherever you're seeing the content. (laughs) I still, I'm an old fashioned guy. I still use the Google Sheets. Mm. I say start from the top, go down. Fair enough. It's simple. We got to start somewhere. Let's talk about Instagram, your and my and everyone's favorite photo sharing social site. Well, the good news is you can now spend money there. That is right. Instagram is testing with a limited group of iOS users. Uh, the ability to make purchases from within the app. Here's how it will work. Uh, Instagram select users, probably those influencers and brands and the like, um, will be able to tag items in their photographs with a link to uh, a a product description page. So the way it'll work, and I'll put up on screen here, they put out a little video um, showing what it looks like. But when you, um, there'll be a little kind of white shopping bag icon in the corner of the picture, letting you know you can shop in that picture. You'll tap the items in the picture, and a little window will pop up, and it'll say the name of the product and the price. If you tap that window again, it will take you in the Instagram app to a product description page that gives you the name, the price, and some information in the site you can buy it on. And if you want to buy it, you click, and it takes you to the website to actually buy it. 
um, and you'll be able to browse all of the items in that picture that are for sale in case there's more than one. Um, again, they're just testing it for the moment, um, but it can be applied to both ads and regular posts. Uh, they're saying they're partnering up with 20 retail brands at launch like J. Crew, Kate Spade, and Warby Parker. Um, it doesn't say specifically if Instagram's getting a cut of each purchase. It would not surprise me if they are. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of a no-brainer, but <laughs> what do you know? Um, yeah, there you go. Are you guys uh, excited to do all your shopping now on uh, on Instagram? I'm pretty sure you talked about before that people have already been doing this. People follow uh, fashion icons. I don't know. I learned about this. I had... I had dinner with someone who is a social media, I don't know. Guru? Per, yeah, person, professional social media understander. Mm-hmm. And people give I'm gonna these I'm going to put that on my resume. That's good. <laughs> people give, like, influencers lots of money, even more. Or people give influencers lots of money to show off their stuff, to basically advertise. But it's not, like, an Instagram ad. But then... Like, how do you buy that thing? You have to, like, click on the link in the profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Instagram stands to make a lot of money off of this. Absolutely. I, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, some of the most popular channels on Instagram are fashion and uh, makeup and um, trendy items. And I think those lend themselves really well to this kind of shopping, um, especially because they tend to be very specific links. I've seen a lot of social influencers... You know, shill for Trident gum, right? And you can just buy that anywhere. That's not something you need a specific link for. Um, It's just something, it's a brand and you tell them. But some of these very specific fashion items, it's hard to get somebody to link and to find them from an Instagram photo. You can put it in the description, but if there's more than one item or if it's a specific version of an item. um, You you can imagine like lipstick or something where there are like hundreds of shades of the same same lipstick or, or like eye pencils or something i don't know exactly yeah and i think it's i think it's a really again it's very unsurprising was it pinterest tried doing this a while back another similar site tried doing this and i don't think it ever took off but i think instagram's a great place for that um simply because you're you're right those influencers i mean you can get 10 grand if you're one of the top influencers to, to 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 talk about brands and to do some of this my interesting question is will this be featured more in ads like straight ads or will this be featured more as influencers and just as regular posts either from the 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 warby parker account or from somebody who's famous on instagram and and wears their glasses um i'm curious what what ways will take off i'm curious if if there's a difference between people seeing it as an ad and still being willing to to buy uh versus i guess it's a little more natural to be just from a person um, despite the fact it's kind of clearly an ad. Fascinating. Cool. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, yeah, that's a story. Yeah, that's <laughs> They're going to make them lots of money. Uh, someone's yeah. making a lot of money. Probably. Fa- what did, did you guys see? Facebook made $7 billion last quarter. Oh, my. $7 billion? And So get this. So in one, this is absolutely true. In one quarter, in one quarter, Facebook made more ad revenue than the ad revenue of every single newspaper in the United States for all of last year. Whew. Think about that's that. Crazy. And and I, I still think like 80% of that's mobile. So I'm hoping you're really enjoying those mobile ads on Facebook. 
<laughs> Always do. All the time. Who doesn't? Uh, recently, I noticed that Facebook started putting the food videos that I go on Facebook to watch, like, way down in my feed. So I have to scroll through, like, the whole effing feed. I hate those videos. I love them. <laughs> and I'm still, like, scrolling through, but I don't feel good about it. Autoplay video has officially... I know I hated it before, and then I got over it. Now I'm hating it again. Mm. because now it's it's just the quantity is too high and they're you know if it were like sometimes they're like videos of puppies and i'm like all right i I actually will watch that but most of the time it's like you know here's hillary clinton lying about benghazi and i'm like no (laughs) you know you know what i like the most about autoplay video is that there you don't have to listen to the sound and it's like made people like prompted people to make videos where the sound is not important uh where they're big words right on the screen in the first like five seconds so right or it's something like the the food videos where you don't there's no no words are necessary, mm-hmm. uh, and that I like because I can continue listening to the podcast I'm listening to while consuming these videos. I don't know how your brain doesn't explode. You got a podcast, you're watching a video, you're on Facebook, you're like juggling and bicycling, and I just Colby on mixing a cocktail uh, over here. He's a, uh, he's a man of many talents. This. Mr. Rabideau. Um, All right. Very good. That is Instagram. Let's continue and talk about, if we're going down the list, Microsoft Teams. I know you guys are, I don't know about big fans, but you're fans of Slack. Um, Well, prepare to go corporate because Microsoft (laughs) is rolling out their Slack competitor. They're calling it Teams. And if you ever use Slack and you see the pictures of Teams, they're strikingly similar. Um, (laughs) Where again, you you have both... uh, one-to-one private conversations as well as threaded group conversations, um, a familiar-looking sidebar with meetings, chat, files, activity notifications, and the like, as well as a conversation view, and you can comment on things in the conversation. You can also integrate third parties to post into these feeds, just like Slack. Now, the big advantage Microsoft has is that it integrates... It in- integrates... In- <laughs> I was going to say instigates. It integrates... You should use that at your next marketing meeting, Sean. We will instigate... We're going to Insta- into your company. Instagram. Instagram. It's, it's the Insta- new synergize. We're going to integrate. Um, it it it's combines integration and it makes everything great. I, I have a meeting tomorrow morning. I may just use that. Um, how about this? It combines the power of uh, this team software with all of Microsoft's existing services, you know, and love like of course, office, uh, OneNote. Um, SharePoint, of course, Skype, which is an interesting addition. You'll be able to make calls directly from within Teams, um, which is something, uh, if I understand correctly, Slack does not really do much today. Um, And search across people, files, and chats using the Exchange server uh, to provide notifications within Teams. I think you can video call in Slack. Can you call in Slack? At least audio. Yeah, and by Skype. Yeah, you can video call too. Okay, all right, just making sure. Um... Yeah, it's allowing Office 365 customers to preview it today in 181 countries and 18 languages. They plan to include it um, in early general availability in 20, early 2017. So did you read that stupid letter that uh, Slack took out a, like a full-page ad <laughs> to put in some publication? I didn't read the whole thing. Um, it was dumb. Do, but Can you summarize it for us a little bit? Uh, basically... You can copy all of our features, but it's about people like our product because it's about more than just features. Oh, and it was, it was a take off of 
an Apple letter that they published at some point, I think. Mm. But I think they have a point. And if you look at at least, you know, technology companies, you go to, like, listings on these job board websites, using Slack is listed as a perk next to the gym membership that you get and the (laughs) snacks and the food. It really is. And I don't, like... We, if we want to talk more about this, we can. It's it's great. We switched to it a couple weeks ago. It's great. Uh, I think there are at least a couple of things out there that are probably almost, or if not just as good, and Teams is probably one of them. But there, there is something about the brand, and I think the brand is what makes Slack right now, and Microsoft will probably be able to make a fair amount of money with this in companies that are already on all Microsoft services. They're using SharePoint. They're using Office 365. But I don't think they're going to steal much from Slack's target market. Slack is often brought into companies the same way that iPads are. It just shows up one day, uh, and suddenly IT is supporting it. That's what happened with at HubSpot. Uh, One day, HivChat was down, and so people started using Slack. And uh, now we use Slack all the time. Now, could you ever see, you work at a more traditional business, Sean. Could you ever see your company using either Slack or Microsoft Teams? Do you use lots of Microsoft products? So, a bit of background. I work at a company with 40,000 employees worldwide, based in Saudi Arabia. And I work, I actually work not very closely, but relatively closely with the guys who are in charge of actually buying software like Slack and approving it and installing it, or Teams. They would laugh you out of the room if you suggested Slack. <laughs> they, you couldn't get within a mile of them with Slack because it is, and not that there's anything wrong with Slack, it is just not something they know, not something they understand, not something that they would consider to be tested, not something that has a legacy. They're very highly security conscious. And you're right, Dan. We are a Microsoft company. I don't have a desk phone. My phone number rings into Skype on my computer. I live in Skype. Actually, it is pretty cool. I live in Skype. I spend half my day in Skype calls. All right? Outlook, SharePoint, all of it. We are vertically integrated with, with, (laughs) with Microsoft products. Like a lot of large companies are. Exchange, right? The whole thing. This could... That's when I think Microsoft is finally getting right is that they have a suite of products like make them work together and i think if you are an existing microsoft company this is a very easy to just thread into that pipeline that you already have if this just popped up on my computer one day it would already have my skype contacts in it it would already have my outlook integration it would already connect to my sharepoint files like it could just show up and people would get it and that's the big advantage but i think you're right I think Slack has a... That's why I think the letter they posted was really dumb. Because they, they have a great market. The small business market... No, no company under 500 employees is going to get Microsoft Teams. It's not built for them. Because they don't have all this integration and all this stuff. There's no advantage to them having it. They're going to go with Slack. That's a great market for Slack. Now, can they be profitable living in that space? Is that a good long-term view? Do they need the 40,000-person companies to survive? That I don't know. Maybe they do. If they don't, they should they should stay the cool chat company. They should say, look, if you want the big guys, you go with Microsoft. We're not Microsoft. We're Slack. We're, we're more innovative. We try new things. We better serve your company. 
We, we have what you need. We're Like Dan said, it's a perk to have us at your company. We're a selling point. The simple fact that you have us. Good for Slack. I, I absolutely think that is the direction they should go. To fight Microsoft on this is the wrong way to go. Instead, they should compliment them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine... Well, so knowing... Like, when you're talking at HubSpot about... Uh, like switching to Slack, I like they shared some of the like price quotes and the reason it wasn't happening right away. Uh, and dear God, I hope they're making making money off. <laughs> <laughs> like if they're not, I I don't know what they're doing because wow. Yes, yes, these things <laughs> do not. Compete. It's expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess if they got to fund all those free chat rooms they're giving away to people people like us who use it for our our podcast. Well, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll... we're the people backdooring into these companies, though. So that's true. That's and true. Think about how many teams there are, and like like the long tail of messages per day across <laughs> all of those teams. That tail is so long. Yeah. And I, I, you know, just as a piece of context without getting too specific, but before my company was on Skype, we were on a different platform, not Slack, different platform. And we spent, the reason we switched to Skype, we spent multi-million dollars a year on this other platform in usage. Lotus Notes. Uh, <laughs> is that still a thing? Can you still get oh, Lotus yeah. Notes? Maris uses it. No, it's not Lotus Notes. Um, but it was it was extremely. Ex- I mean, these communication services are not cheap. They're very expensive. That's why I like this idea that if Slack can keep the prices competitive at the small, I don't know what Microsoft is for a small team. I can't imagine it's cheap. No, but it's also just. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work for Microsoft to be seen as a cool thing to get if you're a startup. Agreed. Absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. They don't have to fight each other. They don't have to fight each other. There are two distinct markets here, and they're going to, I know for a fact, they're each going to go after each other's markets, and there's not going to be, oh, well, Microsoft's going to win because they're bigger. That's, I mean, honestly, let's be real here. I I don't see Slack taking down Microsoft in the the business collaboration space. Here's another thing I've noticed. Uh, I know some of like I don't so people I people I have met all of the really good engineers I have met if they've switched jobs in the last year it's to go to Slack a bunch of people from Facebook a couple people at Etsy they they have they have all of the talent they need to do crazy stuff now if they're going to do anything cool beyond just like make team chat better then I think they're wasting their time. Like, not wasting their time. Like, they could be a successful business for a long time. But I think, I don't know. I think Slack, could, it could be big. I could be wrong. Well, But there but, are definitely a lot of companies out there that don't have all of the resources that Slack has. Slack has all the money in the world now. Slack has some of the best talent that you can possibly have. And I, and I would agree that I think they caught Microsoft off guard with this, right? I, I don't think Microsoft was expecting to have to build Teams. I, I think I think the rise of Slack was probably something that surprised Microsoft. My question is, I don't, I don't disagree that Slack has a lot of great talent and can probably do a lot of wonderful things. I don't know what they could do to appeal to large business clients. It's it's not for me. I don't know if look it's, at Apple appealing to large business clients is just work. Like appealing to large business clients doesn't take a strong creative team or crazy earth shattering marketing. 
appealing to, to business clients takes like you need to be able to implement all their internal control policies. Right. Like you need to have all of these different certifications on how you store your data. Maybe you need to have an on-premise solution. Exactly. That's not rocket. That that is not dangerous stuff to implement. That's not bet the company. Like you okay. get a certain amount of money with a certain number of engineers, you just do that. Okay. Like Apple was able to do it really easily. To be honest, Slack has a lot of those things already, uh, which is why we can use it at all as a public company. Uh, yeah. So. They're in pretty good shape. And honestly, when is someone going to buy Slack? Like, why isn't a Salesforce or somebody going out and buying Slack? I think it's honestly, too late. You think, you think they're too valuable? You think, yeah, I or think they just won't like, sell? Yeah, I think they're at the point that Twitter was at a couple years mm. ago. And it, it could all go downhill. Well, for them. <laughs> well, I, like I said, it could all go downhill, but at this point, they're not going to sell. Yeah. Well, you look at, you know, Box and Dropbox and some of these guys that are still, those guys are still independent, right? Yep. Yeah. So. Snapchat. Well, I was thinking more business kind of focused companies because a lot of them do get a lot of them do get acquired. I mean, LinkedIn got Microsoft bought LinkedIn, so oh my uh, god, I totally forgot. I know. <laughs> paid, paid a- I today I re-downloaded LinkedIn on on my phone because I got a new phone and I haven't haven't had any urge to use LinkedIn in three weeks. And once again, it made me go through the onboarding flow where it tries to get me to upload my contacts. And I'm just not going to do it. LinkedIn sucks. <laughs> LinkedIn is the worst network you have to use. I'm sorry. It's not good. It's miserable. It, I, maybe Microsoft should be focusing it. on that. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't stand it. Yeah, um, maybe it'll change. I don't know. We can only hope. All right. Well, we'll, we'll certainly hope for the best from our, uh, from our friends at Slack. I certainly enjoy using Slack. And I hope my company gets Teams because I would love to use it. But I'm not getting my hopes up. All right, guys, we have time for one more story, but we have three here in the rundown. We've got YouTube Red, we've got Twitter Selling Vine, and we've got Amazon Prime discounts in physical bookstores. Any of that appealing to you? Did we ever get to talk about Vine? I know you're we a didn't. Vine fan, Sean. We didn't. We cut it short last week, so we didn't get a chance. Oh, this my heart breaks. This is a good topic. This is a good topic. Oh, my heart breaks. Oh, my goodness. Vine. You may know it as the six-second social network purchased by uh, Twitter before it even launched, which I didn't remember. Um, they bought it and didn't really do too much with it. It grew very quickly and collapsed under its own supernova and is now being shut down. Twitter has announced that Vine will be um, no more. They're going to keep um, the apps open for a certain period of time and allow users to download their Vines. Uh, but at some indeterminate point in the future, um, all of that will be closed uh, however, it came out this week that uh, a report, take that for what you will, uh, that Twitter is unsurprisingly evaluating multiple offers to buy Vine from them. They say some of the offers are for less than even $10 million, um, less than it reportedly cost Twitter to run Vine for a single month. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know how accurate that report is. Um, Sean, what would you have done to save Vine? Um, <sighs> was it savable? Not with Twitter owning it. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, they, so they spin it off. Step one. Spin it. Spin it off or sell it. I, I could see. Uh, the problem is they never monetized it, and I can't imagine it's cheap to run. I, you, it never had ads. It never had revenue. It never. It never made any money for them. If YouTube had bought Vine. 
focused it on a shorter mobile version of YouTube, put ads in it, I think it could have been really successful. The six second, and I could go on and on. I just think Vine was one of the few social experiences for me that never got really ruined. I mean, there was crap, but it wasn't like offensive crap. It was just low quality crap. Yeah. It generally was a feel good <laughs> network. It was, it had a, it had a unique angle that in, in the day and age of networks just copying each other's gimmicks, we hadn't seen. And I realized saying six second video is original. Well, it kind of is. Um, it was, a, it was a good mobile experience, and it was a site I looked forward to using, and it really bums me out that Twitter took it and couldn't find something to do with it. And they're doing the same thing with... Um, I, I, I'm terrified for what's going to happen to Periscope now because Twitter has not found a way to do anything with that. Um, the NFL, as far as I understand, that giant contract isn't getting the ratings that they need to make that successful. It's unsurprising Twitter is struggling because they don't have a direction and can't make these things successful that should be successful. So I really hope someone good buys Vine and turns it into something. I, Snapchat, right? Right now, people are sending. How long is a, is a video snap? 10 seconds? I don't know what exactly when you hold it. I don't know what the max time is. But what if there was a place where you had the opportunity to save them in an ongoing thread that was tied to your user account? In the same way you can add them to your story, they last 24 hours. This way you can permanently save them. Bam, Vine. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's rocket science, to be completely honest. People were using it. And the fact that Twitter never promoted it, they never integrated it, they never did anything with it, meant that people stopped using it. So... It, it is weird to me. Like, it seems like... It doesn't seem like they ever did anything with it. Like, at all. Like, did anything... Like, Vine was a thing that came out, and it was what it was, and that's what it continued to be until the, right now. And then Twitter came out with Twitter Video, where you could post directly to Twitter in, in opposition to the service they already owned. Right. I, I, it, it's It's... If I were a shareholder, I would be irate. I mean, this is malpractice <laughs> on the way they treat these guys, honestly. And and again, I, I, I really hope somebody, it, it was, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I think it's really frustrating that social networks open and close all the time. But I feel like Vine actually had a chance when it kind of peaked at popularity um that that twitter just did nothing with so i don't know are you guys big big viners you're like Vine? i was like uh, yeah like everybody I, you were I for a, I'm, uh, about a year i had some i had some good vines senior was year some great vines <laughs> I, 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 listen i'll rep for dan miller on vine <laughs> yeah um to hear it uh, my chief complaint you couldn't and snapchat finally gave you the ability to do this you couldn't take a video cut it down and make it the six second looping video you had to like like if you're in an organic situation where you're like i know i know that some part of the next two minutes is going to make a great vine you just have to guess yep. uh so but I, I agree with what you said if you look at vine it didn't really evolve from a user standpoint, like it, I went to the homepage when it was announced it was closing. There was a bunch of crazy stuff on there, but I never went to the homepage. I went to my feed, uh, and I looked at owls from that Japanese guy's Twitter yeah, feed. Yeah, I'm gonna miss those. Yeah. Um. So, 
I agree. It's a 1.0 product that never evolved, and you could there there could be also a hundred awesome features. Like imminently advertisable. Oh my god. Are you yeah. kidding me? Those ads would flow right into that feed, and you wouldn't even know. Insta- it's the same thing Instagram's doing, where you don't at, at points you don't even realize it's an ad until it's too late and you've seen it. You can yeah. absolutely <laughs> do that on Vine. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. And they just never. They, and I agree with you, Dan. I think the ability to do more with video, right? Where uh, imagine you did have a minute long video, you choose the six seconds, and then if a user taps, it allows them to play the whole one minute. Or you, or you bring in some of the like hyperlapse kind of stuff Instagram was doing, and you add more video effects. Or, I, I there was just a lot more you could have done with uh, more easier ways to discover new videos, which was not particularly good, right? Because they had that kind of singular feed that made it difficult to really get scrolling and find stuff. Um, not really well integrated. You couldn't, you couldn't go into Twitter's app shoot a video and post it to Vine within the Twitter app, despite the fact they were the same company. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And I think that's, I really hope somebody not terrible buys them and, and actually puts a little, a little effort into it. The problem is the audience is gone. I mean, I, can you get that audience back? I, I would pose to you guys. I mean, that's, it's, it's undeniable that the audience has decreased from its peak popularity. That's kind of a fact. Maybe it's getting a bit of a bounce now that this news is out, but anyone buying it isn't buying it for its great technology. They're buying it for the name and for the audience. Is the audience ever going to come back to this? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um, I think you're right that like, I think new social networks get uh, their initial popularity from, uh, like novelty right but then at some point they have to like keep it and like reach more people and like you don't really reach more people without being a part of lots of other things uh and and vine never did they just sort of i mean it i i don't know if it's there i don't i'm sure it's not really their fault but they just sort of stayed it it stayed its own little silo and it kind of like i would imagine it just kind of shed people for a while yeah, uh, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of Meerkat versus Periscope, if you remember Meerkat. I mean, there, there's no reason I can think of that one really should have succeeded over the other, but one did. Of course, it helps that Periscope was owned by Twitter, but, you know, sometimes these networks succeed and sometimes they don't. Um, but I don't I don't think this was Vine's fault, you know, not not, not necessarily place Bane, but, you know, when you're per- the, what the the guy who sold Vine to Twitter came out and said he wished he had never done it. Mm. And that twi- Twitter hadn't treated it the way it was supposed to. So it's um, it's a disappointment. I did spend uh, a little bit of time. There were a lot of articles floating around, like the, the the top twenty vines and the best vines, and kind of. And I was really enjoying that. So th- there is something really special, I think, about six seconds. I don't know why it wasn't five or why it wasn't seven, but it was six. <laughs> and there's just the it's people like nice. who knew how to use those six seconds to the to the max really. It was a really enjoyable experience. So uh, I'll rep for Vine any day. Hmm. Unless they go out of business and then I won't. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's see. How are we doing on time here? Um, We can very, very briefly talk about these last two stories. One is that in the Amazon physical bookstores, I know you guys are big fans. Have you been to an Amazon physical bookstore yet? No, I don't live in Seattle. No. Uh, well, if you do go there, uh, I don't know why it's not that exciting of a story, but um, everyone used to get the 
Amazon discounted price if you went there. Now, if you're a Prime member, you get the Amazon discount price. But if you're not a Prime member, you pay full retail value on those oh, books. So man. I know, just adding another reason why you should get a Prime subscription if you live in Seattle and go to the one bookstore they have. <laughs> okay. That is that story. The other story, uh, YouTube Red, you may know that as the paid subscription version of YouTube, um, reports say it has only one and a half million paying subscribers as of uh, this past summer. Now, you got to remember, YouTube has uh, over a billion users worldwide, but you know may not be a fair comparison to YouTube Red, only available in certain countries for certain videos. Um, but certainly one and a half million subscribers, not a giant number by any stretch. Um, although YouTube notes that Red subscribers watch 75% more YouTube uh, than average users. That's called self-selecting population. Ooh, Dane's getting all smart on us here. Look at this, <laughs> look at this guy. Maybe it's because only people who watch a lot of YouTube subscribe to YouTube Red. Maybe. I, I'm just throwing stuff out. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, if by comparison, this article state. You remember Title, the streaming music service Title. What was it? Uh, was it Jay Z? Uh, 2020 mm-hmm. presidential candidate Jay Z. Yeah. There you go. Um, Title grew faster than YouTube Red did in its first year, picking up 2.1 million subscribers. Where are these people? I have all these. Oh my god! Honestly, I'm pretty sure it's people who signed up for the free trial and just forgot to cancel it. Two million people can afford to do that. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Happens to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what is it? uh, YouTube in this report. "Quote unquote," they say. 1.5 million paying subscribers, with another 1 million users signed up on a trial basis and not paying the monthly fee. Because I think it's a it's a one month to three month trial, depending on where you signed up. So probably that's probably rolling 1 million as they drop off and don't pay. They I don't know how fast it's growing. Obviously. Ian. Uh. Not a huge success, but it is a thing. So. Yeah. We'll see. Especially as next year they want to roll out their full TV option whatever that will be with that that would get me interested actually. but well everyone's doing that now right we got at&t is doing the uh, direct tv now which there was a story this week they're going to give away uh free roku's and fire tvs to get people signed for that 35 bucks a month um youtube has theirs hulu is doing one next year as well and they'll have a bunch of content uh live content for a monthly subscription of course there's playstation view and sling already yeah you'll have no excuse to not watch tv in 2017 that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, well, I think what this really shows is in the next 10 years, like, cable's just totally screwed. It'll still be a thing you can get, like, I think people use, like, radio and newspapers, but I'm not being facetious here. I no, think I think 100%. you're right. My concern yeah. is that it's going to end up being more expensive for consumers in the long run than less. Could be. That, that's my fear. I, I agree that I think you'll get it on a number of platforms, and some you might get from your cable subscriber, some you might get digitally or all one way or all the other. You're going to have more options. But God, I hope they don't nickel and dime you to death and you've got to pay everybody five ninety nine a month, and by the time you're done, it's more expensive than a cable subscription. See, I don't think that's ever going to happen to me because at this point, I'm used to only watching HBO shows and things on Netflix. Like, yep. that's, that's all... <laughs> That's, uh, and I don't want for more TV. Like, that's mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. And if ever either of those had enough, like, I found myself wanting, I would just swap it out for something else. I only have enough room in my life for, like, three <laughs> TV shows at any given time anyways. Yeah. At most. I'm, like, on the busy part of the year. Yeah, it's hard when you have a life to, um, <laughs> to, to watch a lot of TV. Uh, I feel for you, Dan. 
Um, I do. And, and thanks to you, Dan, by the way, for, uh, for getting my, um, my HBO subscription back up and running, which I've been enjoying. I, I'm not, I'm not caught up on Westworld yet. I'm West still, World. I'm still a little behind, but I did catch up on Veep, mm-hmm. which I've been meaning to watch. And that show is still pretty fantastic. And, uh, I know there's, as I scroll through the shows, I'm like, oh man, I forgot. There's you so much good Silicon stuff Valley? on HBO. Silicon Valley, I am caught up on and that show's oh, great. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, but man, there's so much good stuff on HBO. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be buying this for a few months while I catch up, aren't I? <laughs> I think I think maybe what will end up happening is TV will become like iOS and Android. It'll become like who like which cable providers you subscribe to become part of your identity. Like, are you an <laughs> HBO person or sure. a Hulu person? Sure. Like, which originals do you like better? Because no one can afford to, well, very few people could afford to subscribe to all of them, perhaps, in the future. So, there's a reason why companies like Amazon are doling out an insane amount of money to uh, to get original programming because they want you to identify as an Amazon viewer. It's gonna be very valuable to them. All right. Well, we've got to wrap up the news there because we got some picks to get to, or some of us have picks at least. Um, <laughs> Not, not calling anyone out, of course. Um, I'm going to briefly jump in and go first because I teased at the beginning of the show my pick was election-related, and it still is election-related. So, you know, you may know if you go to the polls, uh, you're probably voting for a presidential candidate, right, uh, like Jill Stein. Uh, you may also be voting for a senator, depending on what state you're in. It's something like, uh, how many seats are up for grabs? 27, maybe? Um, you can vote for a senator in many states across this great country. Uh, not New York or Massachusetts, I don't believe. So, sorry. Um, you also might be voting for a representative in the, in, in, uh, the, the House of Representatives. Um, and that's in, I think, New York has some. Um, I don't, uh, Massachusetts, I'm sure every state has them. Um, but most interest or a governor even, most it's, interestingly, yes. Sadly, Massachusetts was, like, there were people on the ballot, but uh, they were all unopposed. Yeah, Massachusetts uh, is one of those states. Yeah. And consequently, all we've seen on TV is ads for the New Hampshire races, which has literally no effect on my life, and they're very annoying. Big, 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 big yeah. Senate race. Maggie Hassan and Ke- Kelly Ayotte. Oh, yeah, my God. That could, I know so much bad stuff about both of them. That is the race that will probably decide control of uh, of the Senate. That's a big yeah, one. So crazy. Vote, make sure you vote in New Hampshire. Um, <laughs> and so one thing most people forget is on their ballot is my favorite thing about elections state ballot initiatives i know how excited you are to talk about them and we don't get any in new york and no you don't it's pretty sad um i think you should protest that dan because that was one of my favorite things about living in massachusetts texas by the way dan you'll be happy to know we only get them every uh other year and even then they're pretty limited so we don't get them a lot like every two years or every eight years uh every two years but they're usually larger in presidential years and that's because our um House of Representatives only meets every other year. Um, yeah, they take Wait, whole year. Yeah, they, yeah, they take a whole year off. You didn't in uh, Texas? Yeah, some and it's it's wow. in other states too. But the House of you know the state house they only meet every other year. Interesting. I think Montana. It's like, but there are a few uh, states like that. That's that's interesting. I always thought Rhode Island was weird because they only meet for like three months out of the year. They they meet from like you know February to june or something yeah i don't know how long they meet in the year they're in i i, I hope it's longer than three months because they take a whole year yeah. off but uh but yeah no it's only every other year so the elections are kind of cycled around huh. that's why there was really nothing exciting to vote on um who knew statewide this year 
But statewide ballot initiatives are, there are, you guys will be happy to know, 162 statewide ballot measures in 2016 across this great nation of ours. And they are on very important issues facing America today. Um, Some of the largest ones that affect the largest populations include marijuana, of which straight legalization is on the ballot in five states, medical marijuana in four states. And you'll be happy to know if all of those were to pass... um, uh, marijuana would be, let's see, I was just reading this. I believe just full marijuana would be legal in one-fifth of all U.S. states, 20%. Think about that. Um, wow. Minimum wage increases in a lot. Massachusetts, by the way, is one of those. Um, minimum wage is is on the ballot in five states. Um, Health care is on the ballot in five states. Gun control on the ballot in four states. And I know you guys really care about this one in California um, on the ballot, a law requiring um, uh, pornography stars to wear condoms in their films. Prop 60. I know you guys really are, are care about this one. <laughs> Only in California. 60? That's so many. I, what? Is that does there be the existence of a prop 60 mean that there are 59 props that come before it? Um, it doesn't mean they're, I believe it doesn't, they're not all on the ballot, but that's how many were proposed. <laughs> but California wow. usually has more than any other state because of their rules allow them to, to gotcha. put them on the ballot pretty easily. Gotcha. Um, and so I wanted to, to, I got two links. They'll be on our website. One is ballotpedia.org. It'll list every single ballot initiative for your and every other state. And it will tell you exactly what the laws are about. It is worth reading. You should know what you're voting for in your state. The other thing I have in here is the Politico tracker. Now, every website has a good presidential tracker. Um, Politico has a really great tracker for ballot measures. I will be watching this on election night because I find it really interesting how each state um, votes on these ballot initiatives. It gives a good state of the nation, how we feel about certain issues, especially controversial ones like gun control, marijuana, and the like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, if you're sick of hearing about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, there are other things worth watching in this election. Ballot <laughs> measures may be one of them because they actually likely do affect your life. So um, check that out. Colby, uh, it's several will affect you in Massachusetts, including marijuana, but also charter schools, um, which yep. I'm sure you care about very much with uh, with Jill being a teacher. Uh, I have opinions. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's some some really interesting articles from folks in like the Boston government about how... Uh, how not great that would be for Boston as a place specifically in Massachusetts, um, particularly because that is a st- like charter school appointment is like a state decision. So the city has no say. Um, but anyways, I already voted, so it doesn't matter. So you're good. Um, <laughs> so you're good. Be- so you know about being prepared for the ballot questions is great. Um, I was prepared for all the state ones, but then there was this, we were in line to vote and there was a Boston one too. And I was like, so, so we did some Googling on our phones. Luckily the, the wait in line was like 45 minutes. So plenty of time to, to bone up. And by the way, the the vast majority of States have sample ballots on their website. So if you do uh, have any questions before you go vote, check those out and they'll give you a good heads up as to what's in in Facebook at least has a feature I saw on the top. And this is what I use that will show you what your ballot looks like. Yep. Absolutely. I, I voted for justice of the peace, which I didn't even realize was an elected position. So, you yeah. know, do you get sheriffs down there? Um, I didn't. 
you know what? We have straight line voting here, which is pretty fantastic. So I didn't pay too much attention <laughs> to who I was voting for. I just checked the box for like all Char. of one party. I, th- I, thought, I thought only like like little old ladies voted straight line. Dude, it's hard. And it's digital. So there's this little <laughs> dial I had to keep spinning to like, it was like a wheel of fortune or something to vote for each one. And they were literally, because Harris County is all of Houston. It is utterly massive in scale and has like a hundred precincts so it was like you know uh uh assistant court judge district three and i'm like i don't even know where district three is like how it was very odd so i know i just said no we'll just check the please check the box <laughs> hell if i know the only the only guy i specifically voted for did i tell you guys this that um i, I was in line at the polling place and the guy came up to me and he was running for something i'm like oh my god i've never met a candidate like at a polling place who was running for something. This is really cool. So I'm like, so he's like, hi, my name's, uh, my name's Bill. It's nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you too. I'm like, what do you, you know, tell, tell me about, what are you running for? He goes, I'm running for justice of the peace. And I'm like, oh, that's really neat. <laughs> like, I didn't know, cause I don't even know what that is. I didn't know that was a light. And he goes, yeah, I really hope you have my support. And I, and I looked him straight in the eye. I said, Bill, you're the only candidate on this ballot I've met. I have known nothing about your opponent. So I'm probably going to vote for you. And he said, thank you. And he moved on to the next guy. And I did vote for him. So good, good for, feel bad for his opponent, but hopefully he does a good job as justice of the peace. Whatever that is. Um, but anyway, you can check those out. The links to those will be on our website. Don't panic.io guys. Who wants to go next? I'll do it. Colby will do it. What uh, do you got for us? Well, since we're talking about election stuff, uh, it's a natural segue into drinking. So, um, I make a lot of cocktails just because that's a hobby of mine, and uh, I've recently run into a bunch that that called a bunch of recipes online in my perusing that called for this uh ingredient called Benedictine liqueur. Um, so I got some this weekend, and it's pretty great. And the drinks it go- it goes into are also really tasty. Um, so if that's a thing that you're into. I would recommend giving it a try. Very cool. Very cool. I got to find a good liquor store near me. I don't mm. drink a lot, but maybe I should drink more. Depending on how <laughs> tomorrow goes, I might need it. Right. So, yeah. Um, very cool. All right. Thank you, Colby. Always good to get some mixology ideas. Dan, what do you, uh, what do you have for us? Yo, what do I have? What did I put? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you just pasted it in. You're so funny. <laughs> I was, uh, I've had a, I, they come in spurts. Like once every three months, I have like four picks all in one week. And then I don't have any more picks for the next two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have been listening to this podcast for a while. It's called Melton, named after one of the guys on the podcast, Don Melton. He worked on, uh, Netscape Navigator, he worked on Safari at Apple. He worked at Apple for a long time. He was in the front row for the iPhone launch. Uh, you probably read, actually, he had an article a couple of years ago that was super popular about, I think it was right after Steve Jobs passed away, about the experience of being in the front row at that demo and how he could only, they had only approved certain websites for him to visit, and they just knew that those worked. They didn't know that anything else worked. Uh, and how... so. He has this podcast, and he talks with this other guy about TV shows. Now he's retired, and he writes his own video encoding libraries. Uh, so he talks a lot about that. He talks about comic book movies, 
uh, some crazy Apple inside knowledge. Uh, so it's interesting. It comes out once a month or less. Like we ha- there hasn't been one for a while, but one did come out recently. Uh, so check out Melton on iTunes or look it up in whatever thing you use. Is there a good episode that you would recommend to start with or mm. start from the beginning? Good question. I don't know. Uh, let me let me get back to you. Okay. I mean, Colby, there's just ten of them. That's like what an afternoon for you. <laughs> just freeze right yeah, through because you listen you to them like three at a time, right? <laughs> to, this afternoon, um, I was waiting for the train and it just wasn't coming, and I ran out of podcasts, so I had to like listen to music. Gasp! <laughs> what torture! I don't know how you survived. You're like this. This isn't teaching me anything. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the other guy who does the uh, the show with Don, Renee Ritchie, he from uh, iMore, he's pretty fantastic. I've listened to a, uh, some other podcasts he's done. He's very good. I so. starred episode five, like browsers on watches. Okay. Uh, I, if I recall correctly, it's talking about the episode before where they talked about 4K. It was interesting, too, because I didn't know anything about 4K except that it was a higher resolution, but they talk about how do you stream 4K? What sorts of things, like com- how do computers deal with 4K? Are Blu-rays going to be 4K? Like questions that I still don't remember the answer to, but I remember. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure my conclusion was I don't need to know anything about 4K right now. <laughs> episode Fair four enough. and episode five, I think, are what I recommend. Cool. Very cool. Well, we'll have links to all those, of course, on the website, don'tpanic.io. I recommend everyone go there, and here's why: because if you've been enjoying this program, you're going to enjoy all the other ones we've done. We've done 148 of them. So you've got, you'll never run out of things to listen to if you just listen to go back and listen to all of those. They're on the website, don'tpanic.io, the audio, the video, and of course, picks for every single episode are there. You can also get information there on how to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, most major podcasting apps anywhere. You can find them, youtube.com slash don'tpanicshow for the video version. And of course, you can follow us at don'tpanicshow on Twitter and on Facebook, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow, where we're live Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. It's great if you uh, join us because we watch your comments. We love when people interact, ask us questions, give us their thoughts, crack a joke now and again. Um, because people are sick of hearing from us. We want to hear from you. So you should do that. Um, guys, anything else before we uh, we send this one off? Your, your, your final thoughts for uh, America as we know it? <laughs> see you um, on the other good side. Good luck, yeah. <laughs> Fair Hopefully enough. we'll see you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> that, yeah, if we true. don't, you know, consider this the Canary episode of... If- if we don't come back, you know what happened to us. That's exactly right. There won't be any technology news because there won't be any news. So um, hopefully we'll see you then. On behalf of Dana Colby, this is Sean thanking all of you for joining us and genuinely hoping we'll see you next time for even more exciting technology news here on Don't Panic.